head into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And welcome once again to another episode of the spoiler room. Yes, folks, we are in Godzilla month here. Last week, we talked about Godzilla from 1954 and also talked about Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters from 56. Well, this week, our main movie we're talking about is Godzilla 85. And yes, we'll be making references to the original, which I have a, a little short story about that whole thing. But tonight, joining me in the spoiler room to talk about Godzilla some more, we have uh, in the room with us, Mr. Cole Meredith. Hello, Cole. How are you? I am fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, glad you could join us to talk about some gigantic lizards crashing through things. And <laughs> next to Cole is once again the BFD himself, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. How are you? I have soup. Oh, I thought you were enjoying a nice cold Dr. Pepper. Nope. <laughs> soup is good, too, soup. though. Soup is good so yes folks we are talking about godzilla 1985 30 years after the uh original well this is kind of weird because if you consider it they did it on the anniversary so they considered it the 30th anniversary though the original version of the film was released in 84 because the monster film the original of course was written in or released in 54 so but the U.S. still promoted it as its 30-year anniversary, and it was basically set at 30 years after the original Monsters Rampage. Godzilla has emerged again to wreak havoc upon Japan and its outlying uh, villages, as well as Tokyo. That's pretty much the basic of this story. Uh, <laughs> this is was their first, I believe, attempt with a reboot of the Godzilla franchise. It ignored the other sequels and it was a direct sequel to uh the original godzilla film and glenn do you remember 1985 and when this film came to america do i remember 1985 <laughs> <laughs> kind of a question is that that wasn't even that long ago i know it wasn't I mean, it was just, oh my god it was 36 years ago wasn't it yeah <laughs> or something like that 35 32 i don't even know 38,000 years ago. Um, yeah, of course, I remember 85. 85 was a fantastic year for films. Back <laughs> to the Future, Breakfast Club, Goonies, Commando, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Weird Science, Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember I remember when this came out. I remember seeing it. I, I've seen it, I don't know how many times. Um, more than I should have, probably. <laughs> So, but I mean, I mean, as I said in the last in the last episode, I've, I've, I'm a big Godzilla fan. Always have been since I was uh, a wee tyke. And did you did you see this in the theater? I imagine you went to the theater to see it. 
I did see this in the theater. Yeah. Was it was yeah. it a big crowd? I remember as a kid there were being fairly long lines for it. Um, well, most time at that age, um, because that was still before I could drive. Sure. So most of I saw at the theater, I saw at uh our second run. So I, I, I never I almost never saw stuff opening weekend or even in the first couple of weeks. We saw it usually a month or two months after it was released. Oh sure. So um you know, for what our theater was, I don't remember how crowded it was, but it probably wasn't that crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, the movie had probably been out for a good month. Right, yeah, because back then, movies ran a lot longer because there was a lot less of them and a lot less screenings. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, how about you remember when you first saw this film? Yeah, absolutely, man. I saw it... Uh, I don't think it was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. I think I saw King Kong versus Godzilla first because by that point I was a big King Kong fan. Sure. So unfortunately King Kong versus Godzilla uh, was the first one I ever saw. I distinctly remember watching that. I might've been, that might've been 86. So I would have been seven, but right around that time I became a huge Siskel and Ebert fan just because there was nobody to talk with movies about, really, even the adults in my life. I mean, I was so young, but even the adults in my life really didn't want to have an intellectual conversation about movies. So I would watch Siskel and Ebert, and Ebert had this poster for Godzilla 1985 hanging out uh, for the opening credits for maybe a decade. I mean, and prominently, not hidden at all. And so I just assumed, you know, he liked it or something. So I sought it out, and I, I probably saw this movie... In 87, of course, I had to bug uh, my father, who in turn had to bug uh, the, uh, the the owners of the video store called Party Port, and, and they eventually got a copy of it. And I just loved it I, at that point. What Revisiting it again tonight, I honestly didn't remember anything about it up till the ending. You know, the ending really stuck out to me for some reason as, as a kid, so... The last five minutes of this movie, it was almost like reading a diary or something or opening a time capsule. It's like, holy shit, I'm seven years older, you know, however old I was. Um, but I, I've always loved this movie, man. I, I loved it when I was a kid. I'm sure I've seen it since, but don't really remember. I've never owned it. Um, but watching it again tonight, I just, uh, I had a really good time with it. But again, it, you know, my roots of this movie go back to just being a kid and, yeah, it it brought back the kid memories uh, for me as well, because I remember when it was coming nice. to theaters, there was actually a large PR campaign. It was featured because, yes, this is before the big internets, folks. <laughs> um, and being excited because I think it was Good Morning America or something. We're making a deal because like for the New York premiere, they actually had someone dressed up in a Godzilla suit on the street of New York for the premiere. I remember that they're making a big deal about, Oh, there he is. And and some theaters they had, you know, that like when they had the premiere, I think there was an inflatable Godzilla, you know, I mean, it was, they made, they had a large uh, PR, a rather large PR campaign for a Godzilla film in 85, you know, as a, a series that's 30 years old. So that was kind of impressive. And that always stuck with me, though. I remember watching the one news, uh, watching the one news uh, uh, report and having footage of the guy who was uh, in the suit coming off of the truck that he was standing on. 
and uh yeah you know yeah it's it, it, goal of mine is to own, own a godzilla suit and i will wear it everywhere <laughs> yeah i would i'd wear it everywhere uh so godzilla 85 though there was hype around it folks and like i said this was their first reboot i'm not while i am a big godzilla fan i do apologize i'm not well versed on the different periods what they're called but i do know this was the start of the next period of godzilla films i do believe um it, you know because they again ignored the sequels much like again uh we'll talk about some other films in the future about it we start off this film with a boat in the water near an island <laughs> go figure there's a big storm and suddenly we hear the familiar roar and we see rocks and stuff and, and the the boat is is trashed and so then we just got this rando reporter out on a boat and he finds the crew and man are they tore up uh glenn what did you think of the setup considering how the first godzilla end and this was supposed to be the direct sequel i kind of found it funny how uh and we'll get to it a little later on how raymond burr helps justify this film basically but what'd you think of the opening sequence with this um it's fine um it's i know again with you know hey a boat of course it's a boat because where's godzilla come from it comes from the ocean sure um and yeah the whole stuff with the reporter and um what were those things uh it was a it, the, it was, uh, it was a, a sea louse sea louse yeah sea louse thing. but a gigantic sea louse yeah, that apparently like sucked the crew dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was that was interesting. Yeah, because we got a different we you only hear the roar basically Godzilla, but we get a different large creature and that sea louse. I thought was pretty cool actually. Yeah, but it the sea louse also did harken a little bit to a face hugger. It, it had, yeah. Did you get that feeling, Cole? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I completely did. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I know this is two years before Aliens, but obviously the first Alien. So, yeah, I, I thought about that. I, I honestly think that's what they were kind of going for with the uh, with this uh, uh, gigantic sea louse, which was a pretty impressive model. I mean, it was a pretty scary thing it left uh an ooze trail around the floor. Yeah. I fell in, you know, it had the big pincers on the front of it. And one of the things I thought was interesting, and it, it's one of the things that uh, is very noticeable between the American one and the Japanese version, the return of Godzilla was this scene. And many scenes in the U S version are a lot shorter than what they were in the original. I don't know if you guys noticed that with the sea louse scene, but this scene was trimmed yeah. uh, from the original. But you did seem to have more blood from the sea louse when it gets stabbed than in the original. <laughs> I'm not sure what they did there, but this was one of the first evidences of, okay, it it's still the scene. You still get the sea louse. He still finds the one guy locked up in the... Uh, locker who ends up stabbing the sea louse and saving the reporter from getting becoming sea louse meat uh but you know it's just it's trimmed up 
And actually, most of this film, if you watch The Return to Godzilla, a lot of the scenes you get are similar, but they're shorter. And I didn't actually mind that too much. It, the, the original had like, I think, 20 minutes more in it. So this film really clips along for being a wide release film in the U.S. It's only 80, what, 89 minutes long. So that's, you know, that's pretty doggone impressive, I think. Uh, that they still managed to keep the integrity of the scene, but just trimmed it, made it faster. But yeah, I like the sea slug too, and that's where we get to meet the the the, the guy. The the was it um his name is different in the American version than it is in the Japanese version, because in the uh, American version he's Okamura, but they call him oh, what did they call him like uh. Johnny or something in the American version. I forgot. Uh, I, I forgot to make a note of it, but they they changed his name, I think, in it as well um, to, to Americanize it. And then uh, we get a scene with Mr. Raymond Burr. Cole, what'd you think about seeing Raymond Burr back for Godzilla? Well, you know, first of all, I'd completely forgotten he was in this. You know, when I... <laughs> When I was a kid, I wasn't, you know, cognizant. I didn't make that connection. Sure. Um, that, it, that, you know, obviously, I, I don't even know if I knew who Raymond Burr was. Maybe I did. But, uh, cripes, you know, my first Godzilla purchase was that uh, double disc DVD with both versions of the original. You know, sure. Ray, the version with Raymond Burr and the, version, the original version without. So <laughs> revisiting it again tonight. It was probably weirder than it should have been, um, especially since you know the the the, the shift in uh, stylistically, the shift in tone is huge. The shift in lighting, the shift in camera movement, uh, the shift in audio even is. I mean, all of those things don't really match um, at all. So th those clips really stuck out to me, and, and they, they didn't in the originals, you know, uh, or whatever terminology you want to put those in. Right. Um, I could still c consider the version with Raymond Burr, you know, not the original. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the original without him in it. But that said, uh, I, I think, you know. Uh, I think it's fine. I think every everything's fine. I just noticed the shift, well, you know, because probably because I, I'm sure you're going to talk about this more later in the show, Mark, but you'd pointed it out to me and I didn't know that there was a return to Godzilla. And when I revisited the film tonight, I knew. So a lot of those things really, you know, kind of popped out to me. Well, full disclosure, I didn't even know. And then I was like, holy crap, history's repeating itself because while looking up the description and details on this film is what I could, all of a sudden I saw this heavily re-edited version of the original Japanese film, The Return of Godzilla. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> because I only, you know, growing up in that, I only knew of the 85 Godzilla. And I'm like, no way. I was like, holy crap. And so that I tracked down the original uh, version of it and it is quicker it, it, i mean it is different it's slower the dubbing is different and we'll get to it in a little while about 
some of the other major changes they made. But Raymond Burr, yes, scenes inserted, and you can tell once again that they were inserted. Uh, it was covered up a little bit more in the original, I think, because it was black and white. Yes, I was going to say that. I didn't want to, you know, so I don't know. I didn't have the guts to say it. But that No, was it was because it was black and white. You could tell, whereas the the 80, Godzilla 85 the the quality the, the way they shot it was just different you know and you could tell i mean they insert this raymond burr seed though and i just got glenn what do you think of psychic raymond burr yeah <laughs> good old good old psychic raymond burr with his little sudden statue we get that seed right after the boats attack where we get suddenly cut and you can tell it's inserted with Raymond at his typewriter, I think. Yes, his typewriter. Um, yeah, because got to bring him back. And of course, psychic. I don't know. I mean, am I going to complain about that when we have, you know, a giant fire breathing atomic lizard? Indeed. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. My suspension of disbelief has already been lifted. Um, so. But. It, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, you could tell totally this was It was like, oh, well, it's the American version and it's supposed to be the sequel. I guess we'll dig up Raymond Burr. And so they go, hey, Raymond, <laughs> you want to shoot some footage for a day? And you're like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, because they implied, and it's not even that long of a scene. It just suddenly you get mostly his eyes. And he looks out, and it's like he's connected somehow, knowing Godzilla is out there. Uh, so we get uh, the brother returning, and we see the reporter track down the professor who, uh, I forgot why his connection with it. But anyway, he, he connects with this professor. They talk about Godzilla. Oh, because he was an expert Godzilla. That's right. And they talk about how indestructible Godzilla is. So this is all dubbed. Wait. Are you sure this was dubbed? It didn't sound dubbed to me. <laughs> I will say the dubbing dialogue for the American version actually is better than the dubbed dialogue for for the Japanese version. Uh, but here we get our message hit home. Glenn, the evil of man, which is revisited more than once in here. They, they kind of hit you in the face with this one, don't they? Um. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do in the original, too. This is just a bit more. Um, but, I mean, you know, I do love... It's it's also the, the folly of man in, in that we don't learn from our mistakes. Yeah. You know, create the original Godzilla, a nuclear bomb. What pretty much got this one going? Nuclear waste. How can we kill it? We'll hit it with a nuclear bomb. Really? That's... What? What? <laughs> well, that's that's the Russian and the American solution to it. We'll just nuke it. Don't worry. It's a small yield. You'll only take out a square mile. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we get we get Godzilla. And, and Cole, what'd you feel about the message of the evil and folly of man? A little bit more in your face here than it was in the first one? I don't know about that, man. I, I think it's probably equal or around i mean the, to me the, the message in the original is pretty you know in your face too 
it's a pretty cold, hard smack to me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, personally, um, you do get these great moments of dialogue in this movie. Like Godzilla is a product of society. Men are the only real monsters. I mean, you know, that's the message of the film in, in two pieces of dialogue. So, so you're right. I mean, they really, they really distill some of that dialogue down. But again, I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. You know, I think a lot of these giant monster movies aren't necessarily pro-human. Um, I know the three of us talked about King Kong uh, a year or two back mm -hmm. and just about how, you know, should we feel sorry for Kong? I think Glenn brought that up and it's an interesting argument. I mean, really, should we? You know, uh, human humankind has struggled for so long just to get out of the woods to the point where we didn't have to fight through a day just to survive. I mean... You know, sh shouldn't we feel good about this triumph over nature? But Godzilla represents the, the other side of that, which is, you know, what yes, you do, does. what you do comes back at you and levels your city, which oh, the city leveling scenes in this movie are awesome. Not to jump the shark. But, well, that's, oh. No, it's the cinematography in general in this film, I think, is a lot yes. better. There, there's some great shots in this movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which that shot like with the with the birds going into the horizon. Oh, oh yeah, I love that. I love we'll, that. We'll talk about those a little bit, but I want to. You guys bring up an excellent point, and we're talking about the folly of man. And much like Godzilla of 1954 was the uh, you know kind of message about the evils of the H bomb. Well, now we're talking Cold War. We're talking Russians versus the U.S. And the Russians get a nuclear sub taken out by Godzilla. And Cole, what does that spark across the world? <laughs> well, what, what do you think? <laughs> Love. Love. <laughs> the Russians and Americans hugged each other. And, and the American president said, our thoughts and prayers are with the crew of the submarine. Oh no! Wait, no, that's that's 2018. I'm sorry, that's not that's that's not 85. No, in 85 they're going to start another world war because the Russians think that the U.S. took out the submarine off the coast of Japan, which is one of the major glaring differences, and that's what I loved about the difference between the Japanese version and the U.S. version. So, folks, Godzilla took out. Uh, Russian sub Russians in the U.S. Tensions are high. Uh, the Japanese up until this point were keeping news away that Godzilla had returned because, you know, it's easy to hide a, a 80 meter lizard. Uh, but until now, they hadn't told the news anything. But then the U.S. and America is just on the brink of nuclear war. So they said, yeah, it's a giant lizard. So America and the Russians show up and the scene with the Russians on the sub and the scene here, the big difference between the Japanese and the U.S. version, and it's because it's the Cold War, the Russians are actually speaking Russian in the U.S. version. In the Japanese version, they're as badly dubbed as the Americans. I kid you not. And that right there, if that isn't a statement about where America was at 85... Glenn, what do you what do you think about that? I know uh, you may not have gotten seen all of the original, but what do you think of that idea of how they handle this scene? It's the exact same scene, but 
the Russians speak Russian in the U.S. version, and they're dubbed in the Japanese version. You think the Cold War had something to do with it? No. <laughs> Not at all. Of course it did. <laughs> I loved it. I, I just I caught that. I'm like, holy crap, the Russians are actually talking Russian here, and they subtitled well, they it. They had to. Well, and, you know, Sean Connery wouldn't be a Russian sub-commander for years. <laughs> It's true. So, but it was just, just kind of odd, but still, even the way they portrayed the two superpowers at that meeting, what'd you think about that, Glenn? Did it give some insight of how the rest of the world kind of saw the, or at least Jap Japan saw the two superpowers? Possibly. Um, although I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, their history with Russia is. Every time they they butt ahead with Russia, they kick the shit out of them. So that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, perhaps, and you know, of course, it's. I mean, it's 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 the obvious thing of that they still have the you know our our first both ours and Russia's first go to is well just nuke it nuke your problems away. It's like, well, I understand we did drop the atomic bombs. We haven't used them since. <laughs> So, and, and the Japanese prime minister is like, Japan has a clear condition of not using or developing nuclear weapons. So, so you can tell right there, they're like saying, hey, we're better than you guys. I think they're also not allowed to. <laughs> but uh, just before this scene and after, we do get some more Raymond Burr scenes. And I was happy to see a Zord because a kid had a Zord, which was awesome. If you're from the 80s, you could they had a toy where you could build monsters and they were motorized and they were called Zords, if I remember correctly, and they were awesome. But Raymond Burr is called upon by two generals who we see it well, a general and his uh lieutenant or whatever, his his uh lackey, and they we see him in the hall. And Cole, did we get a product placement in this film? Oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> I was waiting to unleash <laughs> my frustration, um, and I, I'm so glad you brought it up. But good Lord. I mean, this isn't even like the Nike on Emilio's shirt in The Breakfast Club. This is straight up during the most dramatic scene of the film in, a, in an American insert, and this dude's got a Dr. Pepper with the bottom pointed at the moon. What's so bizarre. Well, I just you get, um, you get that scene in the hallway before because it's just before our guys meet with uh, that saying they want to nuke Godzilla with the prime minister. Oh, I might have looked you, away for you, a moment. Oh, something. you did. Yeah. There, these are some. <laughs> I don't know where they found these actors, but they found the most southern actors <laughs> play the two military guys, and in the background, it's almost like a Dr Pepper commercial. There's this huge. I mean, directly in center, the Dr. Pepper machine. Oh, shit. I must have been, you know, I must have been peeing or something. Oh, time. that's okay. Sorry, it's man. okay. Glenn, what do you think of this? This this wasn't just, you know, obvious product placement. What do you mean? That just that <laughs> seems perfectly in place with everything else they had in the movie. <laughs> Hall, but a Dr. Pepper machine. Okay. Yeah, it was it was as it was as natural as Raymond Burr is. 
<laughs> who they call upon and we, we will go seed by seed in this film, but they call upon Raymond Burr, who's with his kid. So excuse me, Steve Martin. And he shows up because he's the expert of Godzilla. But do you guys know of any point where he actually contributed anything to Godzilla? Being? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, Sunday and I were laughing about this. There's nothing. Not that I could find anyway. Did did you see anything, Glenn? Did I miss it? Did 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 Steve Martin actually add anything at all to to the actual dispatchment or handling of Godzilla? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he stood there for most of it, rubbing his his little Godzilla. He, he looked he looked very uh, concerned a lot. He did. So there was that. There was that. Well, I chuckled because you have the guys there, the, the soldiers, at, deciding what to do about Godzilla. And, oh, hopefully we'll still maybe nuke him. Even, and we'll just you know apologize to the prime minister later or whatnot. And then all of a sudden, the guy turns around and goes, who the hell are you? And he goes, I'm Steve Martin. And <laughs> I'm the only American to survive the last Godzilla attack. I'm like, there were no other Americans in Japan at all. All during the Godzilla attack when you were there, really? Not a not a single one, dude. Not a single one. Not a single one. But all of a sudden, the general goes from "Who the hell are you?" to "Oh, I'm glad you're here. You're the utmost expert on Godzilla." <laughs> like, dude, you didn't even recognize him until a minute ago. And oh, these American seeds that they were inserted. Did he? Did they serve a purpose really at all? Uh, it, it almost makes me wonder if they caught into their own scenes. I mean, they caught a lot out, out of the movie. As you've said, Mark, I haven't seen all of the original version. But, you know, you know, us Americans, we'll whittle anything down to just its, its absolute bones just to keep it clipping along. So it might be that. You know, no, even no, Raymond, but, uh, hold Raymond. Bones, that's the first one with the uh, oxygen destroyer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. According to our expert, Steve Martin, they never found a car. <laughs> they never. <laughs> yes, they never oh found a car. Went to these American seeds. I mean, he, they totally retconned the first one. What'd you think about any of these seeds, really? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think they, they probably threw him in there so they could connect with the American audience like they threw Raymond Burr in the first one? Well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that, that yeah, they were trying to, you know, create some sort of connection there and bring it back around, hence the, you know, Godzilla 1985 name, trying to tie it into this anniversary, which was a year off, but who cares? It's America, right? You know, but I, I you know, I mean, you know, I can see what they were trying to do, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't work as well as their original sort of recreation, which actually still feels like a real movie to me. 
Um, and again, I haven't even seen the original, and maybe it's just because he pointed it out, it out, Mark, but watching it again tonight, holy crap. The jump cuts to this American footage are really through me. And I love the movie. I still love, you know, Godzilla kicking ass, tearing down buildings, just howling at the moon. I love all of that. And, you know, to me, Sunday's, you know, my, my fiance is looking at me like, why, what, why, why do you like this? I'm like, you gotta like God's, you know, you gotta get, get into the character, the, the notion of uh, a giant lizard rising from like the oceans to level a city. My dream project would be a Kraken movie. And that's just some <laughs> movie that's centered on some, you know, muscular white guy and his love interest that somehow bumped into the Kraken on a, a, a uh, scientific expedition, but a real kraken, you know, something with a giant lizard that just rises from the Pacific and just levels every city in America. So I love uh, Godzilla, but these American inserts are, yeah, they're bizarre. They're bizarre. Would you agree on that, Glenn, that the American insert seeds kind of in the first one at least work a little better than these ones? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Both are quite obvious. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. But it might be the black and white, like you said, Mark. I've had that thought. You know, it might be. It, that. it might blend a little better with the black and white. But you know what, Glenn? Would you? Which would you say more? Did the insert seeds in the original could at least contribute a little bit more than the insert scenes in Godzilla '85? Uh, so sure in that, uh, you know, the, the smell of, of a cheeseburger from McDonald's contributes to my possible idea that maybe at some point I want to eat something someday, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least those inserts, you know, he... He was supposed to be kind of on location. In this one, it's just like they're watching everything from the TV, you know, including, uh, you know, Godzilla's first attack on the nuclear power plant, which now we've learned the Godzilla in this one has to feed on nuclear energy. That's his main motivation in this film. Cole, what'd you think about when we first get to see the actual huge big guy again, just like in the first one, about 25 minutes into the film? Yeah, almost a half hour. Uh, I think that's great. You know, um, Godzilla's reveal in this movie is fantastic. I think they do a few reveals, you know, a few like like the sort of main shots of Godzilla walking through a major highway just leveling buildings i think we get like three of those establishing oh. shots which i love it seems to me the people behind this sucker um knew that people loved the actual character of godzilla i mean he's got a lot of close-ups a lot of really cool angles and um but yeah his introduction is fantastic obviously it doesn't equal the the first time we saw him you know in that original but I thought it was great. It was very well done. And the colors, the use of, of reds, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, once the city is just in destruction, the use of, of like, flames and, and red hues 
um, against Godzilla and his surroundings. I thought it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, it was. And especially the seed, they, they do some interesting camera angles where we get a security guard looking up at the full Godzilla. And then we see Godzilla sucking on some nuclear energy, uh, just rips the core right out of the, the Godzilla. It, it all looks cool and great miniatures and, Glenn, you're a great miniature fan. What'd you think of Godzilla and and the miniatures and such that they did in here? Do you think uh, they at least improved on that? Uh sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the uh, um, <clears throat> the overall effects are obviously an improvement. I mean, how hard is it to improve from 1954? Yeah, to true. 1984. Yeah. Um, but either way, I still like it because I like minis. Yeah, minis are awesome. Well, even even with the, I I guess I should phrase it as even with the other Godzilla films that had come between the original and '85, I thought this one was looked really good <laughs> compared to some of those other sequels that they had prior to this. Um, you know, and and I love this intro where we see and then we establish he's eaten on nuclear energy, and then it doesn't take him long to get to Tokyo. Where, uh, Glenn, do, do you remember any other Japanese film where they say Sayonara Sucker? Uh, Japanese film? <laughs> because those Japanese pilots were flying and firing at Godzilla, and it's one of the dubbings that they put in here, the dub lines, is Sayonara Sucker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, boy. Can I think of a Japanese movie where they use that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I don't exactly remember that phrase being prominent either, but it's in this film. Actually, some of the lines... It that, is, yes. Some of the lines that the pilots say sounded familiar. I'm like, holy crap, they re ripped off a couple lines from Star Wars. <laughs> But we get the jet scenes, which, uh, Cole, did you get the feeling with the jet scene, a uh, fighter scene that that was kind of their ode to the original when jets were firing at Godzilla in uh, the original 54 version? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I also, I got the, the notion that they were trying to science fiction it up a little bit, make mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, a little bit. I don't know, a little bit more modern, you know, for, for that time, a little bit more hip. I like the look of the ship kind of comes out of nowhere for oh, that film. You oh know? yeah. Project, project super X or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Super X. Yeah. yeah it, that that kind of comes out of nowhere. You're just like, Oh, what the, what the fuck is this? This is great. I, I like that. I like, I like that. Well, they set it up a little bit better in the original Japanese version. Whereas oh, the they do. Where oh, okay. in the U.S. version, they just mention it once, and then all of a sudden, oh, watch Super X. Godzilla's here in Tokyo, raining, you know, hell upon uh, uh, the various uh, buildings and such, which is a change from 54, because now we have buildings that are taller than Godzilla. Glenn, how'd you feel about buildings taller than Godzilla? Godzilla changes shape numerous times in this film. He does, right? So, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Godzilla is big. Godzilla is stay big. And this play around with it. No, come on. 
Do what you're supposed to do. You get the scene where he's 30 stories tall, mm-hmm. raise fire, head in the sky, Godzilla, Godzilla, but no Godzuki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you get one scene where it looks like it's down a road and he's taller than all the buildings there. And then when he's fighting the main set piece that they have there, which is an awesomely built set piece, I love the structures in that, but... These buildings are really way taller than Godzilla, uh, which I'm not sure if I like or not. I, I kind of thought it was cool, but yeah, you're right. His shape and, and kind of scale does change throughout this film. So you get the one scene that they put in every U.S. trailer, which is that upshot of Godzilla and the lasers we now have. Because <laughs> it's 85, so of course you have lasers. Um, and... and yeah, I, I liked this whole battle with the Super X, this kind of final battle. And in between that, we get our reporter and his would-be girlfriend and her uh, professor and that trying to escape the building that uh, Godzilla has helped kind of uh, trash. But this whole battle with uh, Godzilla and the Super X spaceship, I love this whole scene, and I remember it from the kid just being jazzed. And Cole, what would you think of this this battle with the Super X? absolutely love it as i was just saying earlier it's just like comes out of nowhere and it kind of um gives the flick a little bit of juice when -hmm. it really needs it i'm i'm really enthused to to finish this original cut and just see you know kind of what the pacing is um but yeah i love that sequence i you know i love all the goofy stuff where they can't get him lifted onto the helicopter for whatever reason and he's like smashing against the side of the skyscraper over and over with this box and um how they don't send that poor young lady up first uh i i I love that scene yeah they just Um, leave her in the building yeah here professor take the device that will make it sound like birds so we can distract godzilla uh, we'll leave the girl on the building that's about to fall apart. Well, she saves their asses. She's like, oh, I'm going to run and get everything we need. And they're like, okay, we're going to get each other in the harness. <laughs> and then she comes back with the box. And she's like, here you go. Like, oh. yeah. She's like, hey, you forgot your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but you do get that shot where he's dangling from the helicopter and you see the now knocked out Godzilla because Super X... And this was kind of big, you know. It just had to be big for American audiences to see. I know I, it kind of worried me. Super X actually kind of takes out Godzilla. He knocks him out, so to speak, by shooting missiles into his mouth because everything else just bounces off his skin. Yeah, and I was going to say, you guys were mentioning the difference in building sides or sizes. Isn't mm-hmm. it only after he's shot by that thing that the buildings get big? Well, no, it's when he enters that square area, when he's just walking down in Super X, because he takes out oh, the helicopter okay. first, which wipes out the entire interstate. Okay. Uh, which was awesome. He, yeah. When, yeah. He, he didn't even have to expel too much fire. He just blew a fireball, blew up a helicopter. It landed on the cars on the interstate trying to escape, and they just blow up all the down the road. <laughs> like a chain reaction. And it's like, you know, you know, Godzilla sitting there going, oh, yeah. 500 points for me, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just when he gets into the downtown area where there's the three large buildings, which I'm not familiar with Tokyo, at least from 85. I, but they do remember them having large skyscrapers. So I think they were trying to create a rel- you know, replica, 
minus oh, okay. lasers. Roger. You know, but I just thought that that was one of the awesome, many awesome scenes we have in here with cinematography where the guy's dangling and you see the big Godzilla crash through a built side of a building and Super X uh, ship is right there behind. I mean, some of the shots in here. Glenn, what'd you think of that cinematography, especially for some of these shots with Godzilla in this final act? Oh, some of the shots are fantastic. Uh, they really do some some great cinematography in this one. Um, I mean, it looks great. You have a favorite scene or whatnot that uh, in particular out of them, especially out of this final scene, or just in general, the shot of with Godzilla and live action, or Godzilla and the miniatures. What was that? Did you have a favorite scene, possibly with uh, oh. you know one one particular shot or something or or scene that you? I'm really always enjoyed? a fan fan of. Uh, I mean, just in general, I'm always a fan of when giant monsters pick up train cars. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's always just a fan of mine. Yeah, I mean, a, a thing of mine. I love that. No, yeah, I just, it's like it's like, hey, look, canned canned food. <laughs> <laughs> and they give you a great shot in this one too, where the eye comes right through the window. That's yes. so cool. Yeah, it's it's like it, it. It's another ode to the original, where he's munching. He gets to munch on a train, but this one, yeah, you get some cooler shots. They're showing, hey, we could do a little bit more from you know than what we could do before. Yeah, the the eye through that, or um, uh, you know, he's munching on the train, and you're like, yeah, smash the train. He's like, fuck <laughs> this train, you know, fuck this building, you know. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, not much has changed. I still got to destroy these buildings now. Uh, what about you, Cole? You have a, a particular shot or a scene that was uh, really stands out for you in this film of uh, Godzilla? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, there are a few wides of Godzilla where you can tell they understood sort of uh, the power that a, a shot of a giant monster can have. I mean, you can really put things in perspective. It's like uh, going to the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's, you really can sort of, especially on a big screen, you know, which is why I see as many Godzilla movies as I can on the big screen. But there are a few shots in here that really give you the sense of what it would be like to have, you know, even if it is a guy in a rubber suit, just that awesomeness of having a force of nature that, like just standing over you. I love the shot of, of, of Godzilla watching the, you know, the, the birds fly into the horizon. And um, as Glenn mentioned, the cinematography is, is kind of phenomenal. And I don't say that ironically. I say that like, you know, you get, you get a, a sense of scope and perspective and, um, you get a few Godzilla entries. There's just not the one, um, the one money shot, you know, of, of Godzilla entering the city. They give you lots and lots of, of shots of uh, Godzilla just wandering through various highways and knocking stuff over. Um, that shot with the birds stands out to me in terms of, sp mm -hmm. of specific shots. And yeah. if I'd seen the film more, again, I haven't watched it in, in, in its entirety since I was a kid, but uh, there are quite a few shots of just Godzilla sort of, uh, you know, in contrast to the landscape around him that I yeah. thought worked really well, especially with the deep reds and oranges they were using. Mm -hmm. um, at least in the version I saw, it looked really good. 
Yeah, for me too, it really felt like with this one, they took care with the Godzilla footage, almost more so than any footage with the the humans in that. The base stuff with the humans was pretty much basic exposition here about evils of man, exposition about Godzilla will never actually truly be destroyed. Uh, you know, and you get a kind of implied love interest with the reporter and the the assistant to the professor, which Again, I thought it was interesting with those two because they're in the original, there's an extra scene that was cut out of the US one where the reporter actually sets up the sister, tells her that her brother is the only guy who survived the Godzilla attack. She pushes her way in there and uses it as a photo op for his report. Oh wow. And that that's sounds the, great. And in the first that's what in the first one in the Godzilla 85 version. It's not. So it makes gives him a little shady side. They make the reporter a bit shadier in the original the return of Godzilla versus the 85 one where he's just kind of be a straight up good guy, you know, ev eventually possible potential boyfriend for the uh the girl in here, but yeah, all the scenes with Godzilla were taken with care. The miniatures look fantastic for me. Uh, a couple of the scenes I really enjoy, I really enjoy, and it's just a simple scene. There's a side character they introduce, a drunk guy, who ends up helping our uh, our couple at one point. And he's hilarious, but there's a scene where he's laying on the ground and the foot comes down in front of him, and he starts running. And there's a shot of him running straight towards the camera, and Godzilla's right behind him. And it actually looks, for especially for 85, really damn good godzilla looks sexy as hell in that scene and it's got a little bit of humor to it and oh it just looks great but i i love i love that scene in here for sure i thought was just one of the better scenes and my other most favorite scene ever though out of all the godzilla films is when he gets woken up because the americans managed to intercept the misfired russian missile because the boat that uh, controlled the missile uh, malfunctioned. So the U.S. Uh, manages to intercept this missile before they nuke Tokyo, and it sets off a, a reaction. And so Godzilla, who got knocked out by uh, Spaceship uh, X or whatever it's called, Super X, uh, he wakes up more pissed off than ever. And so uh, the, the spaceship's like, oh, crap, and their crew's trying to run away. <laughs> and so he shoots a hole through a building with his fire like, hey, I see you, and they're frozen. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to crush you. I'm not going to fire you. I'm going to drop a fucking building on you. <laughs> and he pushes the building on top of the spaceship. I love that scene. It's just like he yeah. looks at, he assesses the situation and goes, oh, yeah, push. <laughs> and it smashes into the spaceship. And then, of course, we get uh, the scientists who managed to enact their plan of bird sounds and it send Godzilla off. And he uh, basically walks himself into a volcano, which, again, they reiterated in this one a number of times. That's not going to kill him, only contain him because we have to keep it open for sequels. Uh, no matter what happens, Godzilla will live. Yep. I believe is the exact quote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you, we got some ex and it's the, in the American version, we get some exposition from Mr. Raymond Burr. Yes. That as well as they stand. <laughs> Glenn, what'd you think of the final scene in the U S control room? It didn't look like someone was setting up bowling pins. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly good. good that's good a really there. good analogy. Yeah. It, it was the cheesiest <laughs> hero pose ever with Burr as the head pin. And then, and then uh, the Dr. Pepper kid and the general right behind him. And then everybody else who was uh, there that day for the shoot are like in this 10 pin setup and he's doing some exposition. We get that dramatic camera swoop down and he gives exposition about how Godzilla will still be. Yeah. He he's going to be around cause we got to keep it open for sequels. Uh, which you don't need to say that for a Godzilla film because no one really would care. It's kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street films after a while. You didn't really care why that main character came back. Whatever they did, it, you're like, okay, whatever. Just bring on, you know, more Godzilla. I don't care how you bring him back. Fine, <laughs> you know. Uh, but one of the things, though, is the tone of the ending is... I thought the tone of the ending in the original, and I know you guys didn't get a chance to see it, but the tone of the ending in the original, it was, it was just, it was different. It was handled more of a regular kind of send off type of thing. Whereas this one, we get the, we get the, uh, a, a, not quite a joke, but it's just, it's handled differently in this, you know, like we're going to leave this open for a sequel and, so cheesy and the original it was handled a little bit more seriousness and i think that's just because of the two different versions and the two different target audiences that it was for but maybe in general am i off we're at the end of this film and uh glenn is the tone different did you feel there is a different tone in the american version versus what you've seen so far in the the japanese version ah uh, slightly mm -hmm. uh well, the whole Japanese one is a lot slower. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, it's it's slower. It's it's a bit more. I mean, the pacing is definitely set up to be much more serious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because that was one thing I watched. Because I watched them back to back, and I'm like, wow, the American one just clips through. I mean, again, not only did they trim like the opening scene with the loud, but all the way through they trim it. But uh, I they leave more of the story intact than I will say the first one did with its insert scenes in that and the editing they did. Uh, I think the story is a little bit more intact though. They do give a little different spin to Godzilla with the American versus the Japanese version. And yeah, if you watch them back to back, the changes are evident, but the pacing really stands out. The, the American one really clips along and I actually kind of liked that. I liked the pacing better in, uh, the 85 version versus the um the return of godzilla namely because you get more godzilla in the 85 version it's like they knew why people were coming to the audience coming to the theater they don't care about human subplot <laughs> hey cool this could have just been 90 minutes of godzilla beating shit up couldn't it <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah yeah absolutely i i you know i mean but you, you can't do that well yeah i That's know the you <laughs> can't do that so um yeah i would like to see the original version i'm i'm sorry i had every intention of watching it today oh no it's I, you okay. know I, I didn't get around to it i watched glimpses of it uh you know for me you know and i'm one of those people and i you guys are both my friends so you're probably tired of hearing me say this but it's the truth i like a slower pace i like 
movies that take their time. So there's a great chance I would appreciate the original much more than this. I should probably get on it and give it a chance. <laughs> but by that measure, I can't really binge on TV shows. You know, just where where does your attention span lie? You know what I mean? Everybody's brain works differently. But I, I like a good long heavy movie. You know, I, I think that's a it's a that's a good experience. I like long shots. Uh, I remember when they were editing. Uh, I remember I read when they were editing Temple of Doom. Spielberg realized, oh shit, it moves too fast at an hour and fifty five minutes. So they actually went in and turned some of the matte painting shots, like they extended them to draw it out into two hours, just so you got a chance to absorb more of the story. Mm -hmm. And um, I like that. And uh, this movie has a lot of that, actually. A lot of really good, long, lengthy shots. I'd like to see it longer. So I should probably uh, revisit the original or, or uh, you know, watch the original in full length. For sure. you, you'll really you'll really like it then with liking it uh, slower pace because the first the original one is slower pace because, yeah, I think they were going for a little bit more dramatic feel, whereas um you know they tossed in the american shots in 85 so they could connect with the u.s audience but even those shots i mean you get you get out of place humor like godzilla is traipsing crushing buildings probably killing lots of people and we get the one lieutenant who goes oh that's a strange urban renewal plan or something to that effect he makes a joke about urban renewal with Godzilla, and I'm just like, oh, dude, dude. <laughs> I'm like, wow, man, it's, there's a time and place, man. <laughs> that's just that's just not it. And you know, Raymond Burr being the Debbie Downer, every time the U.S. guys got excited, he'd be like, that's not gonna work. <laughs> like, nope, he's not dead. Nope, your idea is wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. all. Steve Martin really does in this film, but yeah, he, well, he's headed somewhere. Godzilla's headed somewhere. What? Where the hell is he headed? Yeah, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Glenn, do you know what he's talking about? He drops the idea, he's searching for something. What? <laughs> what is he searching? What, what was that about? <laughs> he's in Tokyo. I mean, that may sushi, maybe. Somebody <laughs> <with> sushi. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Godzilla eighty five is really about, ladies and gentlemen, is Godzilla and his search for good sushi. That's well. I heard there's fifth and main crush, crush. Ah, crush. No, they don't. They don't roll the seaweed right. You know. It's like, uh, now I want sushi. Damn it! Damn. I want to know where I can get some. You know, really big pocky. That's yeah. what. <laughs> some pocky. Awesome. You know. Oh, now I want some hockey. Damn it. But anyway, so we'll wrap it up here. Godzilla 85 is a, a goofier version of the return of Godzilla. Uh, you know, I thought for my final thought on the film, and we'll get your guys' final thought uh, as well with the film, that at least we got a lot more Godzilla, and it and the shots with Godzilla were fantastic and why you were there and why you watched this movie. And at least the last half of this film, you get a lot more. So for me, I've watched this film many times. And while I didn't remember much of the human parts, I remembered almost 
every single action scene with Godzilla in this film, revisiting it. Cause I haven't watched this in like 15 years, 20 years, but I used to watch it a lot as a kid after it came out on VHS and after I saw it in the theater. And so I remember every scene with Godzilla in this film. And for me, that's what's important about the Godzilla film is the fact you see and remember the Godzilla bits. <laughs> so, Glenn, what about you and your final thought with Godzilla 85? How do you, how do you think it ranks for you for you're the big, you're a big Godzilla fan. Where does it rank for you? Um, it's all right. Um, in a lot of ways, it's, it improved some things a little bit on the original 1954, um, just as far as some of the, the actual cinematography of, of him moving around the city and stuff goes. But in general, a lot of it, it's it's not, it doesn't add a lot to the, the, the whole Godzilla um, uh, library, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan when there's like a lot of the other, I, I love how Godzilla jumps between this rampaging through and destroying Tokyo to champion of Tokyo. <laughs> uh, right. There's, there's always this stuff because whatever the other monsters, it's, it's kind of like, I think Godzilla treats Tokyo like, like it's little, like a little brother or sister where it's the, they will kick the crap out of it all the time. But the second anyone else does, he's all like, Hey, hold on, hold your shit. What do you think you're doing? You can't do that. Only I can do that. Now I got to, you know, whoop you. So, um, and that's the Godzilla I actually like best um, mm-hmm. is, is when he's playing all, you know, yeah, you're a smog monster, huh? Yeah. I'm going to tear your guts out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Spoilers. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So um, that's, that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's an okay film. I enjoy it because I enjoy pretty much everything, almost everything Godzilla. I won't say everything because of one, that we might talk about later. Oh, it's um, on the schedule. Um, so it's it's a fine movie. You, you can yeah. watch it, um, but you're not missing much if you skip this one. Sure. So, and Cole, how about you? Where it ranks for you for Godzilla films in in general? Well, um, I I kind of feel weird. Ranking it in front of Glenn, he knows so much. It would be like uh, Defo- Dakota Fanning giving me her impression of Wes Craven movies. I, you know, <laughs> I've only now I seen see that. No, <laughs> Dakota Fanning give her impression. No, Wes I've Craven. only seen like you know nine or nine or ten of them. And um, uh, I gotta say, man, this is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I really like this movie. I, I liked it as a kid, and uh, you know, I I haven't watched it millions of times simply because I don't even think it's out on DVD. I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I've never seen it around. You know, I've never seen it for sale. So, you know, revisiting it again tonight, I just uh, thought it was fantastic. There's a lot of Godzilla in there, you know, a lot of good Godzilla stuff. And um, the characters are good. Anybody who isn't in Raymond Burns scenes is is good, you know. I think I really I like uh, uh, the the reporter and and uh, the the female who doesn't have many scenes, but I, I don't know her name. I should have written it down. She looks like uh, Meg Tilly in Psycho Two, but I, I thought she was I thought she <laughs> was really good. 
That was yeah. I thought she, I thought she was really good, man. I would have liked to see more of that stuff instead of these, you know, slouch these overweight slouches in a military room drinking Dr Pepper and shit. Um, but there's some great dialogue in this. Did I write this down wrong, or does somebody say the tides are changing like Hollywood romances? Yes. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is fucking fantastic. For that reason alone, you guys should watch the movie, anybody listening. Uh, and that, that's about all I have to say. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. We'll wrap it up tonight. Uh, probably talked longer than it deserved or needed, but hey, uh, who's that excited when it comes to Godzilla? And yes, indeed, uh, we are excited about Godzilla here. So we're going to wrap it up tonight. I hope you find it interesting. Uh, Godzilla 85 is actually available online. You can buy it. Uh, looks like on DVD from Wally World or a vendor that goes through Walmart. And you can also find the Return of Godzilla at uh, the same website for a lot cheaper. It's like $5.98 according to uh, Walmart uh, shopping and Google shopping. But uh, they're out there. Uh, yeah, if you're a Godzilla fan and have not seen this yet, I'd watch it for the Godzilla parts. In fact, you could probably just go through and cut out all the human parts and just do a cut of all the Godzilla scenes and it'd be just as cool. Uh, so uh, I hope you found that interesting and enjoyed our conversation tonight. We jumped around a bit, but uh, we tend to do that here in the spoiler room. But now is the time when we have uh, our fantastic guests tell you where you can find them when you can't see them here. So, or hear them here, I should say. So Cole, Go ahead. Uh, tell everyone where they can find Gat. Well, uh, right now, um, Shadows and Lovers Productions can be uh, contacted at Facebook. Um, we're going to have an internet site up and running soon. But right now, Shadows and Lovers Productions on Facebook. Our most recent film is The Last Great Horror Movie. It is on Amazon. If you have time, it's for free. Again, The Last Great Horror Movie. And uh, we're working on a new movie for release this fall called Rise. And uh, once again, I'd just like to thank Mark and Glenn for taking the time to talk to me. Because unlike them, I am not an experienced professional podcaster. I just make movies. So I'm glad to talk to these, <laughs> these gentlemen. Well, we're happy to have you on here, Cole. And I appreciate you talking some Godzilla 85. And BFD, go ahead, sir. Where can they all find you at? You can find me on YouTube with the B-Movie Bunker and Guy in a Bunker Productions. Also on Facebook with the same things, Guy in a Bunker Productions and the B-Movie Bunker. Follow me on my other podcast, All About Games, The Adventure Party on GNCast.com. Check out my website, GuyInABunker.com or NakedHobo.com. Or just follow me on Twitter at Guy in a Bunker. You bastards. <laughs> Awesome. And you can find links for all their stuff at specialmarkproductions.com. Thank you for tuning in, folks. And yes, next week, it's coming. We voted on it. I asked if there was going to be interest in our group, and they said yes. And it also fits with my theme of Godzilla Month of trying to pick, pick Godzilla films that mostly just feature him or just have him in the name. So next week, it doesn't rank to be Godzilla. It will just be Zilla from 1998. So tune in then. That should be a hot 
discussion. We appreciate your support. And until next time, well, we'll just say good night, folks. So say good night, folks. Wow. Was that your Godzilla? I tried. I tried. No, it's, 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 it's more... <laughs> that was a giant sea louse. That was, that was a sea louse. No, it's more like... <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit closer, Mark. That's a bit I think, closer. I think I think you did a better job than Cole did. Um, <laughs> but as he said, he's not a uh, professional um, podcaster like you and I are. So. Yeah, <laughs> only true podcasters. Yes, they do God's let me, let me just let me try mine here quick. Okay, see if I can do mine. How was that? It it sounded so authentic, Glenn. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> I've been I've been practicing that one. Thank you for showing us how it's done. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. Hey, all my spoiler room friends out there, if you like what you hear, why not head on over to iTunes and like, comment, and even subscribe to our channel. It always helps us out. Or you can find us on Stitcher Radio as well. You can drop us a tweet on the Twitter at Spoiler Room PDCS or Special Mark Pro. Look for us also on Facebook at the Spoiler Room Podcast or in the Special Mark Productions Facebook group. Let us know what movies or topics you'd like to be discussed in the Spoiler Room where the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.